our discussion on the topic we call, How Did You Receive Jesus? How did you receive Jesus? And we're going to be looking at the book of Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, I'm going to read verses 6 and 7. Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. 7. Rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Praise the Lord. When we started looking at this topic, we asked ourselves the same question we are asking uh, this afternoon. How did you receive Jesus? The, that passage says, as you have received him, so walk ye in him. And we began to examine some things and some questions which we ask ourselves. Have I truly received him? Has the presence of Jesus made a difference in my life? We started with the fact that you, you need to be rooted in him. Rooted in Jesus. And we said, the deeper and more functional the root is, the better and more productive the tree is. The root, the nutrients that the root will, will, I mean, will, will source, will determine the livelihood and the well-being of the tree and the fruits that will be produced. Rooted in Christ. And we ask ourselves the question, why are men not rooted in him? And we went to the parable of the sower, sower to look at some things that the scripture tells us makes men not to be rooted in him. We talked of lack of understanding. We talked of persecution and tribulation. We talked of the cares of this world. The love of the things of this world. Things that prevent us from being rooted in him. Tribulation. And then we went on to the second point. is being built up in him. Then being established in the faith so that we are not blown, uh, I mean, to and fro by the winds of doctrine. So that it's not like you, somebody speaks at you, oh, you say, that is the latest. <laughs> Brethren, the latest doctrine is right, is likely not to be the correct doctrine. Because the Bible says Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forevermore. God does not change. The word of God is not changed. That's why we say our God is the unchangeable changer. Application may differ. The means of portraying the world may differ. Once upon a time, the only means of going around was on donkeys and horses. Today we can go around in airplanes. And even better still, the internet means as I'm speaking here right now, somebody is likely watching this program in Nigeria. Somebody is likely watching this message in, in US or in Europe. Those are improvements. Even as the book of Daniel prophesied that knowledge shall increase. But the word of God remains the same. So you need to be established in the faith. You need to go beyond the fundamentals, the basics. Have you given your life to Christ? You need to move on from taking milk to eating meat and to crushing bones as a child of God. 
You need to get to a point that God can look at you the way he looked at Job, the way he looked at Noah, the way he looked at Daniel, and be proud of you. You need to get to a point that God can say, like he said of Abraham, that I know him. I know him. Brethren, there's no greater testimony for you and I from God than God to say, I know him. I know her. He will stand. She will stand. God was sure of Job when Satan came before him. And after Satan had, had gone through everything that Job had, Job justified the trust that God had in him. Will you? Will you justify the trust that God has in you? Established in the faith. How did you receive Jesus? And so I want to go to the next point this morning, which is having been taught. He says, as you have been taught, as you have been taught. The question is, have you been taught? Or are you being taught? So this tells me that the manner you receive Christ should be with a teachable spirit. With a heart that can be taught. You must receive Jesus Christ with a teachable heart. The teaching of the word of God in the home is the right framework for the growth and perpetuation of divine instruction. Jesus Christ said it. He said the most important law in the scriptures is that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all that you are, with all that you have. You are expected to love the Lord. Then you love your neighbor as yourself. How can this be perpetuated? How can we ensure that this goes from generation to generation, especially in these times that we live in? When the world is doing everything to crowd out the word of God. When the world is making all efforts to ensure that the things of God are an afterthought. We'll do everything and then we can talk about that. We'll agree on every other thing and then we talk about the word of God. How then do we ensure that the desires of God are established? Because the Lord said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and every other thing shall be added unto you. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, Deuteronomy chapter 6, it's a passage we all, we all know very well, verses 4 to 9. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 to 9. The Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all your soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in your heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in your house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Verse 9, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. What is the essence of this? The Lord is saying, this word that I am speaking unto you must be taught unto your children. Verse 7, 
Let's go to that verse 7 again. Very important. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto your children. You and I are children before God. You and I were brought up. Many of us were brought up by our Christian parents. The question is, how are we bringing up our children? Thou shalt teach them diligently unto your children. We are talking about having a teachable heart. Having a teachable spirit. Even in our studies, if not, you cannot learn. If you are not teachable, you cannot grow in life. If you are not teachable, you look for something that, okay, this does not require much brain work. Let me go into this. Even at that, whatever profession you want to go into, in order for you to excel, you must be what? Teachable. How did you receive Jesus? If you have not received Jesus with a teachable heart, you cannot grow. Teaching and being taught is a lifelong assignment. It's a lifelong responsibility for us all. Not only must we be taught, we must teach others. Children are the heritage of the Lord. Like we are told in, I mean, in, verse, in Psalm 127. How can this heritage be perpetuated if we don't teach the word of God? Like I said earlier on, Abraham gained the confidence of God because God knew Abraham would teach his children divine secrets. The question for you this morning, are you teaching your children divine secrets? Or maybe more importantly, are you being taught divine secrets? In Genesis chapter 18, Genesis 18, verses 17 to 19, Genesis chapter 18, verse 17 to 19, Genesis 18, 17 to 19. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Verse 19. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. That the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken. Unto him. In other words, the promise of God could be hindered either because we are not teachable or because we have refused to teach those that ought to be taught by us. Every man must teach his household the word of God and the things of God. Every man must be teachable of God. Of the things of God. That the promises of the Lord might come forth. We must all get to that point, brethren, where God can trust us with little things. Jesus Christ said it. said, if you are faithful in little, I will commit great things into your hands. The enemy of a teachable spirit is a proud spirit. And we all know that God hates a proud heart. James chapter 4. Verse 6 to 8. James chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. The enemy of a teachable spirit is a proud heart. It says, He giveth grace, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore he said, God resisted the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 
draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Submit yourself to God. If you are not submitted unto God, you cannot have a teachable heart. The enemy of a teachable spirit is a proud heart. And brethren, the Bible says, God resists the proud. <laughs> I pray that God will not resist you. Because if God begins to resist you, you are gone. That's in James chapter 4, verse 10. It says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will do what? He will lift you up. He will lift you up. Isaiah 57. Isaiah 57 verse 15. Isaiah 57 verse 15. It says, For God said the, the high and lofty one that inhabited eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in a high and holy place. With him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. No wonder the Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall do what? Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They will run. They will not grow weary. They will walk. They will not faint. Why? Because God is there with them to do what? To revive. See that word that passage says? To revive their spirit. To renew their strength. To revive their heart. Because they are men of like minds with the living God. If you go through the scriptures, when we talk about fasting, the Bible talks that when a place of fasting is like you are humbling yourself. You are humbling the flesh. You are putting the flesh under that the Spirit of God might take control. That the things of the Spirit might, might flow through this body of yours and this body of mine. The enemy of a teachable spirit is pride. Pride not only makes you unteachable, it destroys ultimately. Ultimately, that's why Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18 says, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Be careful, my brothers and sisters. If you are living in pride, the ultimate, the end is certain. Pride goes before destruction. I pray for everyone listening to this message, you will not be destroyed in Jesus' name. The next point, talking about how did you receive Jesus, is abounding in the instructions with thanksgiving. Abounding in what? The instruction with thanksgiving. It's very important. The Bible makes us understand that the scripture is given for instruction. Specifically, it says instruction in righteousness. You know the scripture, the Bible says, strive for, no, follow peace with all men. And what? And holiness. Without which no man shall see the Lord. Holiness. Righteousness. Jesus Christ said, be ye therefore perfect. Even as your father, which is in heaven, is what? It's perfect. There's no alternative to living a holy life. And the Bible is given to us for 
instruction in righteousness. Second Timothy chapter two, no chapter three. Second Timothy chapter three, verses sixteen and seventeen. Second Timothy chapter three, verse sixteen and verse seventeen. Second Timothy chapter three, sixteen. See all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. In other words, when the Lord is saying you should be perfect, the Lord has made a provision for your perfection. All scripture. All scripture. Taking the Bible holistically. Obeying the word of God. Letting the spirit of God guide you. Putting everything through the test of the word. Putting all through the test of the word. That the man of God may be perfect. That you and I may be perfect. So that we may not come and say, oh, it's not possible to live a holy life. Oh, it's not possible to be perfect. It is, because the Bible says so. Because the Bible gives the instructions on how to. We are not left to our own devices. The scripture is given for instruction. To love instruction and abound in it is to love life. To hate instruction and be devoid of it is to do what? Is to love death. In other words, the way to, to love life. You know, in John 10, 10, right? Jesus Christ said the thief commandment was to do what? To steal, to kill, to destroy. He said, but I am come that you may have life and have it how? More abundantly. So he came that, I mean, to give us abundant life. But the Bible is saying that if you are going to enjoy this abundant life, you must do what? You must love instruction. You must love instruction. You must love instruction. In Proverbs chapter 20, 23, Proverbs 23 verse 12, Proverbs 23 verse 12, Proverbs 23 verse 12, the Bible says, apply your heart unto instruction and your ears to the word of knowledge. Your heart unto instruction, your ears to the word of knowledge. When you go to verse 23 of that same passage, verse 23, verse 23 says, buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom, instruction, and understanding. So, you are told to buy four things in that passage. Buy the truth. Don't sell it. Buy wisdom. Don't do what? Don't sell it. Buy instruction. Don't do what? Don't sell it. Buy understanding. Don't do what? Don't sell it. Put in all it takes. How did, how did Solomon buy uh, the truth? How did he buy wisdom? At least we know that he went through a process. To become the wisest man that ever lived. He went the same process he went through that made him not only the wisest man that ever lived, that made him the richest man that ever lived. By the truth. The Bible says Solomon did what? He gave a thousand offerings when he went to Gibeon. He touched the throne of grace. By the truth. What are you willing to sacrifice? 
Jesus gave a parable. He said a man went to a field and saw that that field has precious jewels, precious ornaments. He said he went and sold everything that he had. And he came back and did what? He bought that field. Sacrifice. What are you willing to sacrifice? Buy the truth. Sell it not. Buy wisdom. Buy instruction. Buy understanding. Solomon gave a thousand offerings to touch the heart of God. His life was never the same from that day. Because that night, the Lord came to him and said, what do you want? Just tell me. God gave him a blanket check. And he's given someone a blanket check too. What do you want? What do you want? Do you want truth? Do you want wisdom? Do you want instruction? Do you want understanding? In Proverbs 24, Proverbs 24, verse 30 to 34, Proverbs 24, 30 to 34. He said, I went by the field of the slothful. A slothful person is a, what's another word for slothful? A lazy person, the lazy man. I went by the field of the slothful. By the vineyard of the man void of understanding. In other words, a slothful man is a man who is what? Void of understanding. He lacks understanding. Like the adage that our elders will say. You went, I mean, underneath a palm tree. Say you have not caught anything through the palm tree. You have not gone to make an incision that will bring down the palm wine. Then you stand underneath the palm tree and you open your mouth. And you are expecting palm wine to drop into it. After some flies have entered your mouth, you will close it. Because nothing will come out. The slothful man is a man void of understanding. Let's go to the next verse, verse 31. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns. And nettles had covered the face thereof. And the stone wall thereof was broken down. Verse 32. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. In other words, the state of that person was in itself an instruction to Solomon. And what was instruction? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little falling of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and I want as an armed man. Slothfulness which is as a result of a lack of understanding, makes such an individual to be called a man that lacks instruction. But the person who was observing took instruction from what he saw. And said, so what causes poverty? What causes penury? What causes, causes abject lack? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep brings Poverty and want as an armed man. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Brethren, we must be instructed. And there is no other place to be instructed from than from the word of God. But I'm looking at the scriptures. I'm going to be rounding up uh, in a few minutes. Looking at the scriptures, I found out that 
There are different types of instruction from the Word of God. Or let's say different types of instruction that are highlighted. I will just say one of, I mean a few of them and we round up this morning or this afternoon. Different types of instruction. The first one I took note of is what I call revealed instruction. Revealed instruction. And this is usually the type of instruction received in a dream or a vision. Revealed instruction. The book of Job chapter 33 verses 14 to 18 tell us a little bit about revealed instruction. Job chapter 33 verses 14 to 18 it says, God speaketh once, yet twice, yet man perceiveth it not. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon men, in slumberings upon the bed, then he openeth the ears of men and sealeth their instruction, that he may withdraw man from his purpose and hide pride. From man. He kept back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. Instruction here that is given in a dream to ensure that this individual does not go astray. You know, many at times you just do some things, you don't you don't really know why you are doing it. As a child of God, God is guiding you. Is directing you because some instruction has been imparted into you even while you were sleeping without knowing. And there are some you, you you go on a journey, you take some steps, you do the first, second, third, you get to a point, and something just clicks. You say, Oh, I've seen this place before. Where did I see this before? And it is then you remember the dream you had long ago that was pointing you through this place, this place that you are right now, revealed instruction. In other words, the revelation could be such that you wake up and you remember and you put into practice and we're going to talk about that. That was what happened to, uh, to Jacob. Oh, in this particular instance where we have read in the book of Job, the revelation came. It was given to him. It was sealed in his mind. But that revelation did one thing. It guided his steps. The revelation guided his actions. The revelation ensured that he would not go astray. The revelation ensured that he will do that which will take away from him, hide pride from him, keep his soul from the pit, and his life from perishing by the sword. So that revelation is what I call a revelation of life. Ensure that this man will have his life in abundance. No wonder. Job could get to that point of going through his travails but never going against God. Jacob was also a person that received such an instruction and it guided him in the battle of his wages with Laban. In Genesis chapter 31 from verse 7 to verse 13 verse 7 to verse 13 we are not going to read it but we know the passage very well. Jacob was talking to his wives just when he was about to, to run away from Laban, so to say. For a long time in the life of Jacob, he was a man on the run. Early in his life, he had to run away from his, from his brother, Esau. Even when he had spent 20, 20 years 
He had a wife, had children, he had to run away again. He was always on the run. But in this particular instance, he told his wives, your father has changed my wages ten times. But God has not allowed him to hurt me. But how did it happen? Because he had a dream. In verse 10 of that passage, verse 10, it came to pass at the time that the cattle conceived, that I lifted up mine eyes and saw in a dream. See, that's a, 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 I mean, a revealed instruction. And behold, the rams which leaped upon the cattle were ringed straight, speckled and grizzled. Verse 11. And the angel of God spoke to me in a dream, saying, Jacob. And I said, here am I. Verse 12. And he said, lift up now your eyes and see. All the rams which leap upon the cattle are ring stripped, speckled and grizzled. For I have seen all that Laban doeth unto thee. Verse 13. I am the God of Bethel. Where thou anointest the pillar. Where thou vowed a vow unto me. Now arise, get thee out from this land, return unto the land of thy kindred. So you see, there was a revealed instruction unto Jacob. In his dream. And that revelation prospered him. You know, when we look at uh, uh, Malachi chapter 3, when we are talking about tithes and offering, there is a promise that God gave there. He said, put me to test now and see if I will not do what? I will not pour out what? A blessing. If you look at that passage, he didn't say, I will pour out blessings. He said, I will pour out a blessing. Jacob needed only one revelation that would prosper him. And that was it. You and I, brethren, we need only one revelation. That's why everybody could be selling water and failing. The moment you start selling water by revelation, what happens? You start succeeding. Everybody could be selling granite and they're making no headway. We call it peanuts here. The moment you start selling your own peanut. You become a millionaire from selling peanuts. See, that's why the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Revelation, revealed instruction will make you to lay hold on what others are doing and failing and you will do what? You will succeed. You will excel. You will see God at work because you are not acting on sight. That is why uh, 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 Peter, at the instruction of the Lord, in Luke chapter 5, I believe, could throw uh, the, the net at a point in time that I was, I mean, they had walked all night and caught nothing. He could still throw that net and caught so much that the net was about to break. Revealed instruction. It came from the master's mouth. And if he says it, oh, there must be a reward. There must be a result. And that's very important. When you go to Genesis chapter 30 from verse 37 to 43, Genesis chapter 30, 37 to 43, you see how Jacob obeyed the instruction of Adel. And the end result, we know it today. God blessed Jacob. I pray for someone listening to this message today. God will bless you. I say, God will bless you. 
revealed instruction, the revelation that you need to establish you not only for this generation, but for future generations. Receive it in Jesus' name. The revelation that will make you a life-transforming encounter. You know, there are some individuals that people just want to meet because they know that if I meet this brother, if I meet this sister, my life will not remain the same. The revelation you need to make you a life-transforming encounter, receive it in Jesus' name. We're going to round up from here, and then maybe uh, we can continue discussing on instructions next week. But the question remains the same. How did you receive Jesus? Are you teachable? When he gives you instructions, do you obey? Or do you look at him and say, this, is, this does not make sense. I can't do it. Brethren, did it make sense for David to fight Goliath? By any account, by any standard. All that David had was a sling and five stones. It didn't make sense. But David won. And the rest is history today. Does it make sense to anybody that a virgin conceived and bear a son? It doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense then. It doesn't now. But Mary conceived. And she bear a son. And she called his name Jesus. And, it, and it's because of Jesus that we are here today. It's because of Jesus you are listening to me today. It doesn't have to make sense to you, but God will have his way. Does it make sense to tell a man that the only way that you will overcome is if you die? Even It didn't even make sense to Satan that Jesus needed to die to become the overcomer. But we know the rest today. Today, the Bible says, at the name of Jesus. What happens? Every knee shall bow. All things in heaven. All things on earth. All things underneath the earth. How did you receive Jesus? Are you ready to obey those instructions? Brethren, up till tomorrow, scientists have not been able to determine how is it possible that Jacob just put a, 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 um, a colored piece of wood in front of the animals that were breeding. And the, 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 the siblings, I mean the offspring that came up, were, they, they had uh, uh, multicolored uh, offsprings. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to make sense so long as God is telling you to do it. Remember what he said? He said he will, he will, he will perform his word. Yeah, he will watch over his word to perform it. And for someone who is listening to me this moment, your season of performance has come. That instruction may not make sense. Obey and do it. And your testimony will be glorious. We will rejoice with you and we will celebrate with you in Jesus' name.